Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All righty, guys, that was Pull Up Tay on the intro music, and we are back for a Black History Month edition. First first week in Black History Month of February, man, you know what I'm saying? We're going to switch things up a little bit. Um, we, don't, we don't have a guest today. We're going to give you guys a really deep, in-depth look. We're about a month away from the NCAA tournament. So Drew and I are going to take, you know, a deep look at a lot of these conferences um, across the country, man. We're, we're going to give you give you guys, you know, an extensive look um, at some of your favorite conferences in the mid-major landscape and start getting you ready for the NCAA tournament, man. So... Um, first of all, like I said, it is Black History Month, so happy Black History Month to all my people of color out here, man, all, all my black folks want to wish you guys a you know, happy Black History Month. We're going to celebrate this month after me and Drew and some, some black brothers getting to it, you know what I'm saying? So definitely got to give a shout out to, to all my people of color, you know, watching this right now. We're going to have a great month celebrating black history. Um, as always, I want to make sure we give a shout out to my guy, Pull Up Tay, on the intro music. Make sure you guys are, are streaming his, his music, man, out on all platforms. He got a new music video out called New, featuring MoCo artist Nast B. So make sure you guys are checking out their music, man. Those two guys are up-and-coming artists from the area, man. And then, as always, we want to make sure that you guys are please engaging with our content, man. Share, um, retweet, give us a rating, man, a like. Um, Tell a friend and tell a friend, man. Spread that good gospel um, about the auto bid, man. Me and Drew are in here working extremely hard to get you guys this content, man. So um, any share or, or anything that you guys can do to kind of help us to grow this brand is greatly, greatly appreciated, man. So with that, man, I want to dive into it, man. I'm, I know Drew is going to start with the Mac, man. So, Drew, man, what's our Mac update this week? Yeah, man, I think, you know, the, the, the most surprising um, Mac result this week, you know, um, you know, was was Maris. You know, Maris was able to get a win over Siena this week. Um, you know, they, they were able to win the first game 55 to 54 in a typical John Dunn rap fight. You know, uh, they held Siena to 36% shooting from the field, 26.9% shooting from three. You know, the the Siena's newly, newly, you know, newly minted three-headed monster because not just you know, Pickett and Camper anymore. Jalen King has officially arrived to the party, you know, but those three go combined nine for 37 from the field. Neither one of them gets in double figures. Um, and I mean, that was, that was really all she wrote. You know, um, if you have your best three players, you know, none of them getting double figures. They never really were able to get things going. Maris is able to steal game one, 55 to 54. And then Sienna is able to rebound in game two. Um, you know, Manny Camper does bounce back with a 19 and 13 game, you know, carrying Sienna over Maris. But in any event, man, you know, Maris, like I said, shout out to my guy, Coach Serge, man. He's a guy who, who tells us about Maris, you know, from the beginning of the Maxine to put some respect on their name, you know. And they were able to get a big time win. 
um, over Siena, man. So anytime you can beat, you know, the, the number one ranked team in the conference, man, that's huge. Uh, obviously, like I said, we know we know what John Dunn is able to do defensively, man, and it, it, it never fails, man. You know, I mean, he's great at getting getting his guys to play hard. You know, they 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 never have the best talent. They're not having. They're, they're never gonna have a guy that's gonna go out there and you know get get thirty a night, you know, but. They do have guys that play hard and they defend. Um, you know, other Mac news, you know, Niagara and Monmouth played to a split. Um, that moves Monmouth to eight and four. Uh, they're now in third place in the Mac. Um, and St. Peter's was able to get a sweep over Manhattan. So that moves St. Peter's to six and four in the Mac. You know, they're currently in fourth place. Um, obviously, we know Sienna's still sitting at eight and two in first place. But, you know, Sienna sweeping Manhattan. Um, those are my Mac updates for this week. Yeah, man, I actually watched that, that second game, um, Sienna and Maris, over the, um, over the weekend. And I, I was really impressed with Maris, man. This, this, obviously, we've, we've been talking a lot about Sienna and how, you know, they're, they're you know, for better for lack of a better term, they're, they're pretty much the best team in this conference. But Maris really fought, man. Both, I mean, obviously, they were able to get a win in game one. And it looked like for, for a while that they might even be able to pull up a sweep there. I mean, the game was close. All the way into the last couple minutes, obviously, you know, they started fouling and ends up being a 13-point game. But, I mean, this is really a two- or three-possession game, you know, the whole the whole way. Um, really until the end, I mean, in a game, in, in, in the second game, you know, nobody scores in double figures. You know, I mean, this is a typical, like you said, John Dunn performance. I mean, in game one, they get one guy in double figures. Raheem Sullivan scores 13 points as a leading scorer. I mean, this this, this is a win-it-by-committee type of team. Um, that's how he did it at St. Peter's when he was over there. And he, he's doing the same thing uh, over at Maris. I mean, they're 7-7 seven seven in the MAC right now. So they're right in the thick of thing. We talk about, you know, being able to stay around 500. Um, and they're doing just that. I mean, if they can, if they can you know, continue this trend, I think they're going to be in play for, for a top five bid, top five seed in the MAC tournament, be able to get that first round by. Um, they're currently in sixth place. But, I mean, Kanisha's just three and three and in fifth place. So, I mean, they're essentially tied for fifth right now. Um, both of those guys are at 500 in the league play. Kanisha hasn't played a game in over a month uh, because of current, because of uh, COVID pause. They were supposed to play Quinnipiac this weekend. Obviously, Quinnipiac drives all the way to Buffalo um, and, and can't play. Um so, that, that, I mean, Kikish hasn't played a game since January 2nd. Um, so, it's literally been a month. It's February 3rd now. Um, they have not played a game. So, um, that, they're, they're going to be a team that's kind of, you know, going to have to find a rhythm whenever they do, you know, find a way to get back from this COVID pause. But um, definitely very impressed with Maris, man. I mean, they, they're they a team that will to pick very high in the standings, but they, they've passed the eye test for me thus far for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, one thing we know for sure is that defense travels, you know, defense travels. And I mean, they were able to get that win, you know, at, at, at home. But, you know, one thing for Maris down the line, man, I mean, I remember when John Dunn was at St. Peter's and he took, you know, the, that, 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 that team with uh, Nick Griffin and, you know, um, Sam Adobe and all those guys to the semifinals, you know. And, and I mean, they weren't, they weren't, you know, the best talented team or they weren't, but they, they defended and they just kept winning, you know, because like I said, if, if you can defend, man, that travels, man. So definitely keep an eye out for Maris, man. And, and I mean, Ace, man, you're talking about Quinnipiac goes to Buffalo. I mean, hey, in this coronavirus pandemic where you can't go anywhere, you can't, I would love to take a, a, a weekend getaway, you know, get to sleep in a hotel, you know, nice pillows. They go to see Niagara Falls, you know, some guys that have been there, a nice tourist attraction. I mean, even though Buffalo, it's no Miami, you know, it's no, no, you know, sunshine is up there, but they do have Anchor Bar in Buffalo. With them wonderful buffalo wings. So I'm sure Coach Dunleavy 
took them guys right over to Angle Bar and got us some nice wings like we did. We, we was in Buffalo the night that, that nice Marriott Hotel because, you know, we love the Marriott. You know, we bougie at Quinnipiac, always in the Marriott. They get the nice pool up in that Buffalo Marriott. You know what I'm talking about? It's right, right there by UB. You know, yeah, yeah that, hotel, that hotel, that hotel, is definitely a favorite. We, we got some great memories uh, in in that hotel over the years, man. But uh, I don't know if I'm be too pumped up about a what a seven eight hour bus ride. One, they weren't even flying; they drove to Buffalo and did not play a game. I mean, imagine sitting on a bus for eight hours to go to Buffalo and not play a game, then have to drive back without playing a game. I mean, I'd have called up Niagara. I'd have probably called up UB and said, "Yo." We didn't drive eight hours. Somebody gonna play us. <laughs> Somebody's gonna play us. We ain't drive eight hours to sit in the hotel room. There's no way. No, I do. I mean, we got what, like six, seven, eight inches of snow down here. So I know they probably got slammed up there over the weekend in Buffalo. I mean, that's not a weekend getaway that I'd be looking forward to uh, in 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 February. Buffalo, uh, I think I'll pass. Well, nonetheless, you know, the bus ride is probably less than ideal, but I would do anything to get a change of scenery, you know. So, nonetheless, I, I, I don't think those guys were, were, were too mad about it. You know, as long as they got some anchor bar, as long as they got some wings, I'm sure it'll be all right. We're going to have to check up with Coach Donnelly on that because if, if they didn't get anchor bar, then that trip was definitely a waste, in, in my opinion. But the biggest win of the weekend for me, in my opinion, man, Winthrop is no longer undefeated. UNC Asheville goes to Winthrop and they and they uh, earn a split in night two of that back to back, and they and they knock Winthrop from the ranks of the undefeated. Winthrop is now fourteen and one um, in the Big South. Um, UNC Asheville goes on the roll, and I, I, I actually was able to watch that game. Uh, I, I, I watched the first game, and um, Asheville almost put up a crazy comeback in the first game. They were down by about maybe like 10, 11 points, and they cut the lead to about two points. They had a shot um, to, to tie it at the buzzer, and they missed. But, I mean, they, 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 they really competed in both of those games, um, played extremely hard, um, and they were able to get, to get a win in night two and to knock Winthrop from the ranks of the unbeaten. I'm sorry, Winthrop is 13-1, not 14-1. They're now 13-1 in conference play, 16-1 overall. Um, but UNC Asheville, man, they're, they're a third, sitting that third right now to Big South at nine and five. Um, that was a huge result for me because uh, Winter was playing extremely well, but they've been getting tested, man. And obviously, uh, they weren't going to run the table. I mean, assuming so. I mean, it, it's extremely, extremely hard to run the table, man. But to see that, to see that result um, was surprising because Winter, Winter actually had a shot um, in the end of the second game to to try to send it in overtime. So um, that that was that was extremely surprising for me um, to see Winter go down to. Um, to UNC Asheville. Yeah, man, I know UNC Asheville, man. They got a, a defensive-minded coach up there. You know, they they, they play that, that Havoc style. They press full court. They get up in you. So, I mean, it's it's hard to kind of, you know, if, 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 you think, if, if you're Winthrop, man, I mean, if you're going against that for two nights straight, you know, I mean, it's tough to sustain the level of play um, for two nights, man. I know, like, when you have a coach like that that, you know, gets on his guys. And um, I believe I believe the coach at Asheville came from VCU. Um, so, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're a team that plays extremely hard on the defensive end. And like I said, man, defense travels, you know, defense travels. So, you know, they were able to go up there on the road and get a win, man, because like I said, man, you can't bring a jump shot everywhere you go, but you can find them public wherever you go. Nah, that was a big fact. Um, I was definitely – I was definitely um, – 
I'm surprised. I mean, it's tough when you lose those, those, those close games on night one. But, I mean, Asheville was never winning that game. But when you lose a game when you had a chance to win, and we, it's sometimes hard, as we've seen this weekend, to kind of come back and get that win in night two. But um, Asheville was able to do it on the road at, at Winter. It's always tough to win, you know, in, in Rock Hill. So, that was, a, that was a game that was definitely surprised. Another one um, – that 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 was that was a, a big win was Wofford um was able to get a win over ETSU um after losing to Citadel um I, I watched that Wofford game and they lost to Citadel and they 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 were destroying the Citadel um for about maybe fifteen minutes in that first half and Citadel closed the half on a crazy run um they pulled within I want to say like four or five um Citadel then opens the half on a run they go up. By double figures, um, and they they never turned back. Man, they were able to beat Wofford. Wofford was able to, re- to rebound against ETSU, um, who was tied with them atop the SoCon at the time. Um, so that that, that, was, that was good for Wofford to be able to, to be able to bounce back and get that win over a very good ETSU team. Um, and the, the SoCon is going to be fun. We're going to talk a little bit about them later. Um, but right now, man, there are four teams, all with two losses, um, atop the SoCon: Wofford, UNCG, ETSU, and Furman. All have two losses. Wolford is at eight and two. UCNG is UNCG is seven and two. ETSU is six and two, and Furman is five and two. Um, atop the SoCon, man. So it's gonna be a fun stretch. Um, heading heading down heading, heading down the stretch in, in the SoCon, man. But that was that was a big win for Wolford to bounce back. Um, and beat a very good ETSU team. Yeah, man. I think I think those four teams that are at the top, they are teams that we expected to be there. You know, they are, you know, I, I'm not really surprised with any of those results. Um, you know, those, those are four teams who all have pedigree. Um, they've all been to the tournament in, in recent years. I'm pretty sure, like I said, I know ETSU, obviously, Wolford, UNCG has been there, you know. So, um, and we know what, what, what Furman's capable of doing when their program has been on the rise um, for the past couple of years, man. So, um, no surprise there. I think that that's definitely going to be a fun one um, down the stretch, man. We also had, um, we also had some, some, some crazy results, man, this weekend um, in the CAA, man. I think... And first, first of all, uh, William and Mary swept Towson uh, at home this weekend. You know they or Towson, Towson was at home, excuse me. Um, and William and Mary sweeps them in on on their home court, man. I don't want to butcher this guy, this name, man, but you know, freshman Connor Kashera averages he averaged twenty six point five points per game over that weekend series. I mean, he had twenty three in the first game, then he followed it up with a thirty ball in the second game. Um, now Towson was without um, the Uralamo brothers um, for the weekend, man, but this is Towson's fifth straight loss um, after starting two and one. You know, we were obviously able to watch that Towson team uh, sweep UNC Wilmington, and um, you know they to turn that around with a weekend series against Hofstra, drop both of those. Um, they went to DMU, dropped that game, and now they dropped two um, against William and Mary. Um, I see like Coach Kerr made a couple lineup changes. Um, they got Demetrius Mims now in the starting lineup. Like I said, the the, the Uralamo brothers did not play um, in this season. I'm not sure if that's to injury or you know, otherwise, but um, Towson's got to figure it out, man. You know, right now, you know, that 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 brings them to, what well, I think they are two, two and six in the CAA. Yeah. yeah, two and six in the CAA now, man. So um, it's going to be tough setting for those guys down the stretch, man. So um, they're definitely going to be in need of, of, of some wins. Um, Hofstra was also able to get a sweep over UNC Wilmington this weekend. Um, they're now seven and three in the CAA, good for third place. Um, and another, man, I mean, this is the JNU team, man. They get another win. They were able to beat Drexel this weekend, man. They're 4-1 and good for second place in the CAA, man. So, I mean, I think JNU is a, a very sneaky team, man. Delaware was also able to get a sweep over Elon. They're now in fourth place. So, you know, we got Northeastern, JMU, 
Hofstra, Delaware, and the CAA right now, top four teams, man. But JMU is, is real sneaky, man. I think that, that they're a team that we're going to have to watch out for. Obviously, they got that win at Northeastern uh, last weekend, man. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're continuing to roll. Nah, JMU is for real, man. I mean, they, they, they swept Towson. They got a win, as you said, over Northeastern. And they've beaten Drexel. I mean, four, four good teams uh, in the CAA, man. I mean, they're going to be a player. I mean, I, I, I for sure um, – they think they were gonna start the conference play uh, like like this, but they're they're nine and five on the season, man. So this is this isn't this isn't a fluke, you know. They've won games. Obviously, they got that new big arena over there. Uh, it's probably motivating them players a lot. To, you know what I'm saying? Go go out there and, and put some performances together, you know. Because it's it's if you haven't seen it, it's an absolutely beautiful facility over there at JMU that they that they built, state of the art, brand new arena. Um, and and they're they're getting their money's worth, man. They're, they're getting some wins over there, man. So definitely shout shout out to JMU, um, for getting it done, man. Yeah, man, I mean, hey, you know, everybody trying to look sweet, uh, <laughs> you know. So, hey, they, 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 they probably definitely, in there, you know, playing with a little extra swag, man, you know. But um, we also had a surprising result in the NEC, man. Perry Dickinson was able to get a sweep over Bryant. You know, the Bulldogs fall out of first place, you know, in that game. Um, meanwhile, LIU was able to get a win over St. Francis Brooklyn, moving them into first place at 6-3, and three, you know, so – um, it's going to be, I, I don't know, man, I mean, the NEC, man, obviously Brian was able to go to a, a high start, but like you alluded to, Ace, you know, conference time, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, it's, it's, it's tough in conference. Now, you know, Brian's still, like I said, very much in the thick of things. You know, they're, they're only one game out of first place, you know, but nonetheless, um, a surprising result, man. Also, you know, we're going to head over to the A-10, where uh, St. Bonaventure was able to get a win over Mason, moving up to 7-1. and one. Um, in the A-10, good for first place, man. St. Barnes is for real, man. I mean, I, I don't know about you know, anybody else, man, but uh, they're going to have a, a big-time matchup this weekend that we're going to speak to a little bit later, you know. But um, St. Barnes, man, at 7-1 in the A-10. Um, obviously, like I said, mentioned also FDU getting a sweep over Bryant. Um, so those are two of my biggest results out of the A-10 and, and the NEC. You know, St. Bonnie's, St. Bonnie's is for real, man. Um, I definitely, definitely want to give them a shot. They're, they're, they're currently at 33 uh, in the net rankings. Um, so the committee ha- ha- is seeming to show them some respect, man. I mean, they're, they're a team that has put together extremely impressive conference performance. Obviously, they weren't able to get in very much of a non-conference, you know, schedule. They, they played Hofstra, they played Akron. Um, both were able to win both of those games. But, I mean, they're, they're putting it together in conference play, man. I mean, they're, they're currently the highest-rated team in the A-10, in the net rankings. They're at 33. St. Louis comes in at 38. Um, so, I mean, St. Bonnie's is, is in play, man, for sure. I, I, th- I think the body work they've put together, um, you got to start to them for potential at-large bid. But, um, obviously, because of their, because of their you know, non-conference unit, you never really want to um, bank on that. You know, you never really know what the community, community can do come Section Sunday, especially in a year like this. Um, but, you know, for them to be 7-1 and one in the A-10 is definitely a definite statement. And I told people this before the season. If you go back to our first episode – um, I, I said St. Bonaventure was a sleeper in the A-10 that I didn't think anybody was talking about. Because, I mean, you, you have Kyle Lawson, you have Osun, both of these both of those guys were preseason A-10 um, all-conference selections. Um, and, I mean, Mark Schmidt is, is a great, great basketball coach. I mean, year in, year out, um, as my guy John Rothstein likes to say, he's done more with less. I mean, they, they don't have the greatest facilities over there. They're not school over there in Buffalo in the middle of nowhere. They don't have the most glamorous arena. Um, they don't, they don't, you know, have the greatest uh, facilities, and they don't even necessarily have the biggest names. Um, but those guys get it done over there um, in Western New York, man. So definitely want to give some kudos to St. Bonaventure um, for what they've been able to do over there. Not for sure, man. For sure, man. Um, you know, some more, some more Northeast action. 
and we're gonna head to the American East um, where NJIT, man, and UMBC played to a split. Um, NJIT was able to win the first game, and I mean, they have a wide open three. They're down by two. You know, they, they get a wide open three to win the game um, at the buzzer. Um, that unfortunately does not fall. Then UBC gets a rebound. You know, guy starts swinging his elbows, hits Zach Cooks in the face. Ref don't call a flagrant foul. There's no free throws. Um, and UMBC ends up stealing that game on the road, man. Um, also in the American East, Hartford and Stony Brook played to a split, you know. So now we've got a two-way tie top of the American East between UMBC and Vermont. You know, they're both at seven and three. You know, but how about that NJIT and UMBC game? I mean, we, we were able to watch that game, man. I mean, NJIT was this close to getting a sweep, man, that they really needed to kind of move the needle for themselves in the, in the American East. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I was I was impressed with NJIT. They were able to get they were able to get that that uh, first one, and they they had a shot like you said to win the second game. Um, one thing that's huge for them, I think, um, it seemed like Zach Cooks was able to get going a little bit in that second game. He had twenty two points. Um, and, and he looked like he was kind of getting getting back to his old self, man. Getting that swagger back. They need him to be special. They need him to be you know Zach Cooks that's getting eighteen nineteen a game. Um, if they're going to be a player, man, they're, they're five and seven right now in the American East play. But I mean, we've seen them, you know, they, they've gone on the road and beaten Vermont. They've gone on the road and beaten UMBC. So this, this team, you know, they're, 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 they're a good team, you know? So I think, um, come America East conference tournament time, um, if, if, if coach can continue to get going, that's going to bode extremely well for them, but they need him to get going. But if, if he can find a way to, to keep, to keep up his performances that he, he's been putting together uh, over the weekend, um, I, I think he'll, I think, you know, the Highlanders will be in play. Um, in the American East for sure. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Like, like you said, man. When you when, when you have a guy like like Zach Cooks that you know can put the ball in the basket, man. You want him to be to start. You know, get the gears going around this time. You know, February, March. Obviously, he had twenty one last night. So, I mean, if they can get him going, man. Like I said, this was a guy who we spoke about earlier um, about being a potential player of the year candidate uh, in the American East. Now, like I said, he struggled early on, so I don't know if he'll get that this year. But, you know, if you're talking about, you know, potential and what he's capable of doing, you know, anytime you have a guy that is a player of the year caliber guy, you know, you're, you're going to be in the mix. So um, we'll see, man. But, like, I, I do want to say, man, UBC, man, and Coach Ryan Odom has done a great job with, with, with that team over there, man. I mean, we are, we were able to see UBC this year um, when they played Copman, man. I mean, there's – a very balanced team, man. You know, they got Brandon Horvath right now leading them in scoring. But, you know, obviously you got, you know, R.J. Outerrock and L.J. Owens and Darnell Rogers. I mean, they have a lot of guys that can, you know, that can score it um, on, on any given night. It's not like you got have one guy that you can key on. Obviously, we saw last night Darnell Rogers had 17 points. You know, Brandon Horvath got to a quick – Quick, quick start had ten points, nine rebounds. Ends up fouling out, you know. And they, you know what, you know, just pass it off to the next guy, man. RJ Adelrock has two huge and ones down the stretch there um, for UNBC, man. So um, they're they're gonna be a good team, man. I'm I'm, I'm intrigued to see, um, you know, what happens in the American East come tournament time. Not for sure. It's, it's gonna be a fun conference tournament, man. I want to get to some other wins. Um, a big one for me was. Um, Liberty goes to Jacksonville and gets a sweep to take the six and two um, in the Atlantic Sun. I mean that that was huge for them. Obviously coming off some losses um, to to go to, to go to Florida on the road um, and sweep a Jacksonville team. Obviously earlier in the season we talked to Liberty's best player Darius McGee, um, and he talked about you know how, how hard it is to go down there and to get those wins. Um, so I definitely want want to commend them for going over, for going down there and getting a sweep. Um, over Jacksonville, man, and getting to six and two, um, they're now back in in first place. Obviously, you know 
the week before, um, they had lost. They had split um, a weekend with, with Stetson. Uh, um, another one was Florida teams. Um, but for them to get, get to bounce back from that loss, go and get a big sweep and get the six and two um, in the Atlantic Sun, that, that was huge for them, man. I mean, the Atlantic Sun is, is kind of getting jumbled up here at the top. Um, Liberty, Liberty is six and two. North Alabama six and two. Bellarmine is six and two. All atop on the Atlantic Sun. Man, you got Lipscomb in North Florida. Um, sitting at five and three, a game back. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun conference tournament, man. I, I think um, – I still think Liberty is a favorite to win that league. I wouldn't count out Lipscomb sitting at five and three right now, but I think those are – like I said, like, like I've been saying, um, the, the two favorites in, in that league right now, man. But um, none, nonetheless, it's, it's going to be a fun conference tournament in the Atlantic Sun. Yeah, man. I mean, how about our guy, Darius McGee, goes for 25 in game two, you know, Three for six from three, man. I mean, he's uh, he's filling it up this year. Now, for sure, man. He's he's having a great year, but I mean, I I I, I will, I'll, I'm definitely you know hoping that they can you know make a tournament run. I love to watch him, you know, in the big dance, you know, uh, on the biggest stage. Um, going up against going up against you know some some some, some great teams. Um, that, that that they're sure to face uh when they get to the tournament, man. But another one that I want to point out. Um, was Boise State and Colorado State were able, were able to split this weekend. Those are two, obviously, of the four teams in the Mountain West that have been battling for supremacy. Boise was able to split with, with Colorado State on the road um, this weekend, man. We're going to talk a lot about the Mountain West later, so I'll save a little bit, bit of that um, for later on in the show. But a conference that we have not talked about um, is the MAC, and not the MAC that Drew and I play in, but the Mid-American Conference, um, Toledo. Um, they were able to win to defeat Akron um, to get a split of the season series um, and snap Akron's six-game winning streak. Obviously, Coach Keith Danbra and Akron, man, those, those guys are you know, extremely well-coached team, uh, and, and Akron's really good, but Toledo is 11-1 in the MAC. Um, that is a really good team over there. Um, they, they put together an impressive conference resume, man. They're, they, they, they even got some votes in this week's AP Top 25 poll. Um, they're, they're obviously not ranked right now, but for them, for them to get, get – you know, get some votes was, was huge, man. I'm going to talk a little bit about, about Toledo later, but, you know, the MAC has been dominated by, by Buffalo over the past couple of years between Bobby Hurley and Nate Oates you know, up there at Buffalo, man. You know, they, they've been in the tournament multiple, multiple years, got some wins in, in the tournament um, in the past. Obviously, Bobby Hurley is now at Arizona State and Nate Oates is at Alabama. Um, so the Buffalo is struggling a bit this year, and Toledo has taken the reins um, over in the MAC uh, thus far, man. Yeah, man. I mean, shoot, the the Mac is a is a, is a great conference, man. Obviously, we know, you know, they. I would say, I would argue, you know, the best player in that league is probably, you know, Jason Preston. You know, with you know, guy that has potential NBA potential, man. But I think that, like you said, man, you know, when you like a, a team like Toledo, man, um, you know, it's, it's obviously sitting the top of the league. We know what, uh, like you said, what Buffalo can do, even though they haven't gotten out to the best start in that league. You know, Ohio is right there at at seven or four. And like I said, when you have a potential NBA player on your team, um, you're going to be able to make some noise uh, in that league, man. But like I said, man, I mean, excuse me, like like you said, Cleo has definitely separated himself atop that league thus far, man. But like I said, man, you know, Coach Coach Dan Barat, you know, um, has done a great job. Actually, it's Coach Dan Barat. I think he's at Duquesne now, isn't he? Is he? Coach Dan Barat, I'm pretty sure he's at Duquesne now. Oh, I thought he was at Akron. Akron. Mm, but... Um, no, Akron, Akron, they have um, Illinois' old head coach, Gross. Oh. He's in Akron. Yeah, I'm about to say, because Coach Dan Brown was definitely at – Definitely uh, at Duquesne. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. My, 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 my apologies. My apologies. Um, John Gross is, is the head coach um, 
at Akron. At Akron, um, he's obviously the former former Illinois coach. He's over at Akron, and he has them playing extremely well right now. So that, that, that definitely a, a great catch, Drew. A guy shout out to John Gross and to Keith Danbrock for 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 what he's doing at Duquesne, man. But um, I definitely want to shout out to Vito. Um, you said what? I was gonna say, yeah, man. Duquesne was able to get a win over uh, Dayton this week. So you know, shout out to Coach Coach Danbrock over there as well. For sure, for sure, man. Um, I want to talk a little about a little, a little bit about Toledo, though, man. I mean, this 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 is a team. Um, they have five guys who average at least twelve points per game. Um, I mean, they are an elite offensive team. They average over eighty-one points per game, and they are the seventh-ranked team in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency um, per Kempom, man. So you know they're, they're averaging one hundred and seventeen points per one hundred possessions. Um, so they are an elite offensive team. Um, they, they, they have five guys who average at least 12 points a game more. They're averaging 81 a game, man. Um, and like I said, according to Kempom, they're the seventh best offensive team in the country, man. So you, as we know, come tournament time, you're going to need to put the ball in the bucket, man. And this team is, is elite offensively, man. So if they can get into March, they're going to get some teams some trouble for sure. Hey, man, like you said, man, it seems like these dudes are getting buckets. Nah, <laughs> dude, buckets. Nah, they, they they for sure are, man. And, and the committee seems to recognize this. I mean, they're, come, they're coming in right now at 50 um, in, in the net rankings, man. So um, they're, they're, they're definitely a team that is going to be in play um, come come tournament time, man. I mean, I, I think, I think you know, we haven't talked about, about them a lot on, on this show at all, man. But um, I definitely want to give them their respect, man. They, they, they got, you know, like I said, five guys averaging north of, of 12 points per game. Led by Marion Jackson, who's at 17 points, five rebounds, and six assists. Um, so they're, they're, they're definitely going to be a tough out um, come tournament time, man. Um, so, you know, I definitely want to make sure that I point that out. Um, speaking of offense, man, I want to get to the Missouri Valley. Because um, obviously, the two teams in the Missouri Valley that have gotten, you know, all, all, that have gotten, you know, the, the, the brunt of the attention, and rightfully so, is Drake and Little Chicago. And it, it's honestly a contrast of two styles, you know, because you know, Drake right now is fourth in, in the country in offensive rating, um, according to Fox Sports. And they, they came in, obviously, at, at 11th um, in the net rankings, man. But we, we've obviously talked talk, talk a lot about Drake, who's still undefeated. They finally got some love, man, got into the top 25. You know, finally, they came in at 25th um, in this week's AP poll, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they finally, you know, gave him some respect, man, because Drake is a good basketball team, man. Um, I can't wait for these two teams to play each other um, next week, and they're going to play the 13th. 13th and the 14th at Drake. I can't wait for those two teams to play, man. But um, Drake, Drake is the team, man. We talked about earlier, man. Um, they are an elite offensive team, man. Um, they're averaging 83 points a game. Um, they got they got three guys that are having double figures, man. But you know they, they got about five, six guys that are averaging you know seven and a half points or more. Um, and, I mean, I mean, they, they, like I said, they, they're they're fourth um, right now in the country. Um, in offensive rating. So, you know, they're, they're, they're an elite offensive team over there at Drake. And it, per contrast, their old Chicago is an elite defensive team, man. I mean, they came in 14th overall in Kempom. Um, they're riding the eight-game winning streak right now. They, they haven't lost um, in, 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 a, in almost a month. Um, and then, obviously, you know, they're fifth in the country right now in defensive efficiency. Um, they're only allowing 88.2 points per 100 possessions. That's not per game, that's per 100 possessions. Um, they're averaging – they're only giving up about 88 points per game, um, which is good for fifth in the country, man. So they are an elite defensive team. On the flip side, you have 
Drake, who's an elite offensive team, man. So, I mean, definitely a contrast in styles um, over there in the Missouri Valley, man. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens. But both of those teams have gotten some respect from the committee, man. I mean, Drake is currently 11th in the latest net rankings. Um, Lower Chicago is currently 14th. So, you know, the Missouri Valley is, is without a doubt – um, in play, it's looking like, you know, they're, they're turning towards two bids. Um, obviously, you know, Drake, Drake is the top 25 team in the country right now. They haven't lost yet. And Loyola Chicago um, is, is just playing some some amazing basketball right now. They're sitting at 15-3 overall, 10-1 in the Missouri Valley, man. So that's going to be a fun little race to watch down the stretch, and I cannot wait for those teams to play uh, two weeks from now. Yeah, for sure, man. That's definitely going to be a showdown, man. We know what – you know, uh, Lois Kyle's keep it man. Like I said, we did we did send them packing last year on the road at Coppin State. You know, shout out to my my squad, man. But you know, it seems like you know that that loss versus us really has sent them into the upward momentum, man. You know, this year to come into this season, you know, they're ten and one thus far in the Missouri Valley, man. Cameron Crutwig um is playing amazing, man. I mean, he's, the, the big fella is averaging you know fifteen six boards and only two point six dimes, but I think that's a little underrated, man, because he's a guy that can definitely go out there and get you eight, nine assists um, in, in any given game, man. So um, they're an old team. They're an experienced team. You know, they got guys like, you know, obviously Crutwig and uh, Lucas Williamson who were on that Final Four team um, who are now seniors and are, are, are still there. Obviously, Porter Motors still there. So when you have a team that has that, that kind of experience and pedigree, you can never count them out. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I think, you know, for them, you know, they're, they're going to be a team that I think, you know, has gotten better um, with time. I've, I've heard a lot of, you know, Kevin Sweeney, who, who's covered them, you know, extremely closely. He said that this team this year actually reminds him a lot of that team that went to the Final Four, um, just kind of their makeup and, you know, the way that they're playing, um, you know, uh, throughout the season, man. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, between between Drake and Missouri and, and uh, Little Chicago. I, I've heard, you know, I, I've watched a few of those Missouri Valley games and just listening to the broadcaster speak. Um, a lot of them, you know, seem to think that, that Loyola Chicago um, is actually a tad bit better than Drake. Um, so, you know, obviously Drake is undefeated. They're right in the top 25 poll. But, you know, like you said, man, defense travels. Um, so we're going to see what happens if that defense can travel because they're going to be on the road when they go to Drake, um, you know, in, in a few weeks, man. So um, another comment that I want to talk about is the Mountain West. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit earlier um, Colorado State and Boise State were able to were able to get a sweep. Uh, I mean, we're able to get a split this past weekend, man. But you know, those four teams, it's looking like it's looking like this league is going to be a four bid league. Um, I mean, all four of those teams are currently ranked in the top fifty four of the net. Um, I, I think you know the, the committee definitely respects you know all four of these teams um, in this league. Obviously, Utah State, Boise State, San Diego State, and Colorado State um, are all very, very, very good basketball teams. Utah State dropped one. UNLV, obviously, we talked about this last week, but, you know, prior to that loss, those four teams have not lost to anyone other than themselves. Um, so, you know, that, that I mean, that, that we talked about last week um, is, is key when you're talking about at-large bids. You know, the good teams in the league, you know, cannot lose to the bottom teams in the league. Boy, you stayed obviously at first, in first in that league right now at 10-1. and one. They have a, one, good, a great win uh, over BYU in the non-conference, man. Utah State is at 10-2. and two. Second place um, in, the, in the Mountain West, Colorado State is nine and three, and San Diego State, who you know people thought before the season started, this was going to be the best team in this league. You know they were a top twenty-five team. They're currently sitting at seven and three um, in the Mountain West. U- Utah State actually you know owns a sweep over San Diego State. You know which is going to which is going to you know go well for them. You know going into the future, obviously to be, to be able to have that sweep 
um, over, over uh, San Diego State, man. So I think this, this, this league is trending, you know, towards four big territory, man. Some, some things that I wanted to point out um, was, you know, the de- defensively, Utah State, um, they're currently 10th in the country right now in defensive efficiency. Um, they're giving up 89.8 points per 100 possessions. Then San Diego State right now is 23rd. They're giving up about 91 points per 100, 100 possessions. So those two are both, you know, elite d- defensive team, man. I, you know, as, as we continue to say, defense travels, man. So definitely want to make sure that I, that I point out those two stats, um, Utah State and San Diego State, man. Both of those teams are going to be sneaky good teams. But I don't want to count out Colorado State, you know, who has an impressive body of work. Um, they, they split with Utah State, obviously, um, earlier in the year, man. Um, so I definitely want to make sure that, that, that I give them you know, their respect. They also split with San Diego State, you know. So, so th- th- this team is no fluke. Um, they are they are indeed a good basketball team, man. So uh, I definitely want to make sure that I give them their due diligence as well, man. But the Mountain West right now is looking like it's trending towards four big territory. Uh, for sure, man. I mean, earlier on this podcast, we we're, were talking about, you know, what's the best mid-major league on the West Coast in the WCC? Um, is it the Mountain West? Now, obviously, the WCC has a, a very, you know, weighted factor in there with, with Gonzaga. But, I mean, I think it's safe to say that um, right now, man, the Mountain West is the best mid-major conference, um, you know, on, on that side of the country, man. I mean, if, if they can, in fact, get four teams into the tournament, um, I don't think there will be any any doubt um, to that fact at all. Yeah, not for sure. Um, but one more thing that I, that I wanted to point out, obviously we talked a little bit about this earlier, but the SOCON, you know, with, with, with those four teams up at the top, with Wolford, UNCG, TSU, and Furman, um, we're going to find out a lot about, obviously I've been raving about this Furman team, you know, the whole this whole year. I, I think, I think, I personally think they're the best team you know, in the SoCon, they're currently at five and two. I guess it's a pseudo fourth place, but they're, you know, t- tied in the loss column, you know, at, at two losses. But we're going to find a lot about them over these last eight games, man. I mean, they've got two games against UNCG, two games against Wolford, and they got to go to Mercer, you know. So their they're five of their last eight games are going to be are going to be tough ones, man. So if they can get through that gauntlet, that's going to tell me a lot about this Furman team. Obviously, you know, they, they, they've been a team – you know they, you know they have a huge win non-conference over a Winthrop team, you know that previously was undefeated, um, and they and they beat them at at Winthrop, you know by about I think it was 16, 17 points. So um, I, I've been high on this Furman team, you know for, for for a long time. I'm not gonna jump off the band. Like I still think that I still think that they are you know the best team in the SoCon. But I think if I had to pick a close second, I think I'd have to go with Walford. Um, you know, Storm Murphy. Those guys are just so efficient offensively, man. I mean, they, they can beat you in so many ways, um, and and they're 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 really disciplined. Um, they're, and they're, they're another team that they're, they're great offensively. You know, they, they space you out. They have a lot of shooters. Um, so I, I think those, those are going to be the two teams that that I want to definitely watch um, down the stretch uh, in that league. Yeah, man. I think um, if I had to pick a team um, to kind of come out of the SoCon, I'm going to pick Wolford. Uh, like I said, I think that they're just a team that's, um, you know, they're, they're very efficient offensively. Um, they do a lot of great things. Um, I think Storm Murphy is going to be a guy that's going to be able to carry them uh, where they need, need to go. Um, obviously, you know, obviously the coach now is at, is at Virginia Tech. Um, but you know, Wolford is a team that has been in the NCAA tournament, that had that pedigree. Um, so I think that that, that they will be uh, um, my pick, I would say. But like you said, man, I mean, it's it's sink or swim time, man. It's February. So we definitely will find out a lot about this Furman team very, very soon. Yep. One more league that we, that we haven't talked about a lot is the Horizon League. Um, Wright State and Cleveland State right now, you know, it's, it's looking like a, like a two-team race up there. Cleveland State is currently at 12-2. and two. Wright State's at 11-3. and three. Um, They split the, the series when they played. 
Um, it was a, it was a weird series. They, they played at Wright State. Cleveland State was able to squeak out a two-point victory in game one, and then Wright State turns around and wins game two by 36 points. Um, so, I mean, I think that's really going to be interesting to see, you know, how that shakes out down the stretch. Um, but, but Wright State um, and Cleveland State, you know, right now are, are, are looking like, you know, those two teams are, are going to come down to a, a two-team race um, in that league, man. So definitely something to keep an eye on um, going, going down the stretch. Obviously, the Horizon League, man, you know, Robert Morris, your former NEC powerhouse, is now in the Horizon League. And they've struggled, man. They're 2-7 they're and seven right now um, in the – in the Horizon League, man, three and nine overall. Um, so they 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 they've struggled, you know, ever since obviously Valpo, you know, was in that conference. They're now in the Missouri Valley, um, and Cleveland State and Wright State, you know, have seeming to kind of you know take over, you know, uh, at the top of that league. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's um, I'm definitely I'm definitely glad, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very happy to see that Cleveland State, you know, has has rebounded from the shellacking. Ohio gave them, you know, in the beginning of the season when they went on a 40 to nothing run, they ended up losing 101 to 46. You know, that, that, that game, you know, was their second game of the season. So maybe it was just, you know, it was just getting warmed up maybe at that point, you know. But I'm glad to see that, you know. Matter of fact, Clean State should thank Ohio. You know, they should really thank them for, for, that, for that performance because that has clearly propelled them, you know, right into the accomplished play where they have a immense amount of momentum, man. So, you know, I think that, you know, they've de- definitely rebounded, you know, from that 40-0 run. You know, it seems like now, you know, clearly they, they just, they, I guess they can't stop scoring now, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to see that, that they have been able to rebound from that performance. Nah, for sure, man. I mean, shoot, that, I mean, if anything, that shows resilience, man, for them to be able to, you know, lose by, well, Almost fifty points. They lost one on one to forty six to Ohio. Another major. Not it's not it's not like a you know you're playing Gonzaga or anything you know or, or Kansas that's, or Baylor. Fifty, huh? Five. Oh my God, my math is wrong. Wow, they lost by fifty five points. They got doubled up. Bowling doubled up. One on one. Wow. And then, but I mean, look, they turn around in next the next game, and they play Ohio State and lose by six points. I mean, Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country. You know, I mean, so I mean, I think I think that that that, that shows you know, the resilience. Um, of this team, man. So I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out, man. I mean, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens down the stretch um, in the horizon league between them um, and Wright State, man. So they definitely want to note that, man. Um, one thing I definitely do not want to make sure that I leave out here is Colgate. Um, they were able to sweep Holy Cross this weekend and get to 7-1 and one in the Patriot League. Um, Colgate is, is, is a really good team, man. I mean, they're ranked 15th right now in the net rankings in the country. 15th in the country um, in net ranking, man. And they are currently fifth in the country in offensive rating, man. I mean, this is an elite, elite, elite offensive team, man. I mean, I don't really know how else to slice it. Um, they, are, they are going to be – I mean, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to necessarily – I don't think they're their player to just get in the tournament. They're a player to win some games in the tournament um, just simply because of, because of the, way, the way that they can, you know, put the ball in the basket, man. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I mean, they, 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 they definitely – um, surprised me um, starting the season, man. Obviously, BU was picked to win this league. Um, they, they were supposed to play Holy Cross this weekend, but they weren't able to play. They're at three and five right now, and Colgate right now is sitting at seven and one um, in the Patriot League, man. So I definitely want to give them give them their, their due diligence, man. They got four guys that are averaging double figures, man. So um, the, the, obviously they're led by Jordan Burns, averaging almost eighteen a game, six assists and five rebounds, man. Um, so I definitely want to get get him a shout out, man. But they, they they're averaging eighty six, almost eighty seven points a game. Um, so 
you know, they're, they're an elite, elite offensive team, man. Now, if you come tournament time, you know, it's tough to guard, man. When, 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 you, when you move the ball the way that they do and they shoot the ball the way that they do, they're going to be a tough out come tournament time. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Like I said, um, the, those, I mean, excuse me, like, like you said, man, those guys can definitely fill it up on the offensive end. Um, so they're going to be a fun team to watch. Definitely come, come tournament time, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if they upset somebody, you know, come, come, come the uh, big dance. Sure, man. But now, man, it's time for our favorite segment of the week. The craziest thing we saw. So I'm going to let you go in and give this one, Drew, man. What was the craziest thing you saw this week in mid-major college basketball? Yeah, man, I think, um, you know, this, this was a matchup, you know, between, you know, two guys who are small but mighty. You know, two guys who, who may not be the biggest, you know, but, you know, they definitely got a lot of game, man. You know, we had a matchup between two point guards, you know. First of all, you know, I, I'm going to go back, back to that UMBC and JIT game. You know, we had a matchup of two guys, you know, Zach Cooks led his team in scoring 21 points per game, you know, at – an astounding five foot ten was towering over his matchup in this in this one, man. Uh, Darnell Rogers at UMBC, man, also was able to lead his team in scoring at seventeen points per game, man. Um, it was there's at five two, man. Like I said, this is a guy who I had the pleasure of playing with um, with, with Team Mellow, man. Shout out to you know uh, all those guys over at Team Mellow in Baltimore, man. Um, super talented kid, man. You know, I, I mean, we all know his his father was a uh, uh, all-time great at GW, another small guy, but got buckets. Um, and it seems like Donald Rogers is, is is the same, man. You know, so two guys, you know, in this matchup, under six feet, you know, but we're able to kind of go blow for blow, um, you know, with, with the best of a man. Donald Rogers leads his team in scoring with 17. Um, Zach Cooks leads his team in scoring at 21. Um, so, you know, a matchup with two guys, you know, who, who are small but mighty, you know, uh, uh, this weekend in Division one basketball. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, absolutely. You know, like you said, if you watch that game, man, it, it, it really amazes me how Donald Rogers is able to finish at the rim over bigger dudes, man. It's like how it's like you actually how are these dudes not punching this off the glass, but somehow, some way, he, he's great at creating contact for a little guy. I mean, he gets into your body and forces the contact, and he's great at finishing. I mean, a lot of guys can't finish with no contact. You know what I'm saying? At six five. And he's, you know, grossly of I mean, what, what is he? We visited that five three or something like that? Like five two. Five two. And and he's finishing through dude's chest. I mean, hitting step back threes, get over contest, man. I mean, that dude is it, it, it's amazing what he's able to do, man. So definitely shout out, shout out to him, man. And and, and and Zach Cooks as well, man. I mean, those dudes are out here, like, like we said a couple weeks ago, man. Cooks, he fried us when we were at Quinn P. I gave us about 30. And that was a CIT game over at NJIT, man. So definitely respect to him. Both of those guys, man, it's great to see, you know, guys like that doing it, you know, at, at this level, um, at, at their size, man. So kudos to them, man. Um, now we definitely want to give you guys some games to look forward to this weekend, man. It's going to be a great weekend in college basketball, man. So I'm going I'm to let Drew start us off, man, with, with some 8-10 action, man. What you got for us this weekend, Drew? Yeah, man. Well, I think uh, we got we got you know two two matchups uh, for St. Louis that are going to be huge, man. You know, first they're going to have a chance to get their first win of the season over LaSalle, man. Um, I mean, this is a little scary though because they're going to LaSalle, man. And LaSalle, the team that plays a lot better uh, at home. You know, um, they were able to get a win over URI at home the other day. Um, obviously, we've seen LaSalle upset Dayton already, um, upset Richmond already. I mean, I can't. This is enough, like. St. Louis cannot lose to LaSalle. Like, like, 
They cannot lose to LaSalle. If LaSalle beats St. Louis, I mean, the A-10 can almost surely kiss their hopes of getting two teams in the tournament goodbye. You know, at this point, it would be, I mean, what? I guess St. Bonnie's and then whoever wins the tournament, if St. Bonnie's is the win. So, um, I mean, if St. Louis wants to have a chance at an at-large, they absolutely cannot, you know, lose to LaSalle. And I'm like, like I said, man, LaSalle has been the giant killer thus far, you know, already upsetting Dayton early in the season when people were expecting Dayton to be a lot better than they, um, than they have shown to be thus far, you know, on the road. They were able to, like, like I said, beat Richmond on the road already. So now they get St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis cannot lose this game, you know. Not but sure. Then they're going to go to, I mean, excuse me, then they're going to face uh, St. Bonaventure, man, on Saturday at 2 p.m. And, you know, St. Bonaventure team that's, that's in first place right now. Um, St. Louis is obviously a team that people pick, you know, to win the A-10. You know? So that's going to be an absolutely huge matchup that's going to tell us a lot about St. Louis uh, on Saturday. Not for sure, man. I mean, like you said, St. Louis, I mean, <laughs> I, it, it, it can't be understated enough in the importance of this game, you know, against LaSalle for them. They're playing tonight at 7 o'clock, correct? Yes, yes, that game's going to happen tonight. It's night at 7 o'clock, man. So once this podcast drops, make sure you guys, you know, head over head over to that game and, and watch St. Louis, man. I mean, they, they need to win this game. I mean, honestly, they've only played one conference game. They're 0-1 to 8-10. I'm looking at the standings, and it's like, you know, they're second to last because they're 0-1. They've only played one game. So, you know, they've only played nine games total on the year. You know, so they need to get some games under that belt. They need to get some momentum. It's February, man. You can't, you know, obviously you want to be playing your best basketball at this time of the year. They haven't even played. I mean, they, they played nine games. Obviously, you need to get 13 to even be tournament eligible. So, you know, basically, you know, need to hope to play, you know, four more games. So they need to be careful what they're doing off the court as well to make sure that they can get to that, you know, 13 game mark because they, they aren't there yet right now. They're not eligible for a tournament. So that's going to be huge for them, man. Um. For me, a big game this weekend is going to be Winthrop at Radford. Those are the two best teams right now in the Big South. Winthrop obviously just took their first loss um, of the year. Um, they're going to be a, they're going to be traveling to to Radford um, to play this this Thursday and Friday um, in a huge matchup of, of the two best teams in the Big South. Obviously, Radford is a team that's been to the tournament in, in, in past years. Obviously, Carleek Jones, their best player now, is in, in the ACC at Louisville, absolutely tearing it up. Um, so I mean, I mean, Radford is a great program. They're extremely well coached. Um, and obviously, you know, Winthrop's going to be on the road. It, it's tough to win games on the road in college basketball. Nevertheless, you know, two games on the road. Radford, Radford's ten and two. Winthrop is thirteen and one. So you know, in the loss column, if, if Radford were to be able to get a get a split here, um, I'm going to let this still be a game back. But if Radford is able to get a sweep, then I, I, you know, now we're really talking about you know a race. You know. Um, toward, toward, for, for the Big South toward the end of the year, man. So, you know, this, this is going to be a huge, huge, huge series in the Big South um, for supremacy uh, uh, um, atop that league, man. So definitely going to be watching that, that Winter and Rafford game uh, Thursday and Friday in, in the Big South. Now, for sure, man, definitely going to be a heavyweight bout over in the Big South. Um, Washington going to have some some action uh, this week. You know, we got uh, Monmouth and Manhattan on HPNU on Friday, man, so the Mac getting some national TV spotlight. Um, this is a game that actually was supposed to be played a few weeks ago, um, but got canceled due to COVID, man. So um, Friday at 9 p.m., make sure you guys turn your TVs to that. Um, we also got QU and Fairfield, man. It's going to be a Sunday-Monday game. Um, you know, HS mentioned how QU took an empty trip to Buffalo was not able to play. You know, right now they're two and four, man. They've only played six games. You know, there's teams like Maris and Niagara have played 14 games in the MAC. You know, QU is 
well behind the eight ball because of a shutdown, man. Um, so they really need these two games. Um, I think they really need a sweep, but they are going to be on the road. So we know how hard it is to, to, to sweep on the road. But, I mean, I think if they could pull that off and get back to 500, that would be huge. Um, we're also going to have a jersey rivalry, man. we got St. Peter's and, Ry- and Ryder teaming up this weekend. So we know how, how you know, closely contested those jersey games are. You know, like I said, I think, you know, St. Peter's is obviously going to be favorite in this one. But, you know, in, in the rivalry games, you never really know. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely, you know, in-state rivalries this week, this week, you know what I'm saying, with, with, with the Jersey teams, obviously Connecticut rivalry with Quinnipiac and Fairfield, man. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how those games turn out. Man, I'm definitely going to be tuned in, man. And speaking of rivalries, we're, we're going, you know, to, to, to the SOCON. Um, we used to talk a lot about this conference. Obviously, Furman has a huge, huge, huge week. Um, Wofford is going to um, travel to Furman Saturday at 6 p.m. And then UNCG is going to travel to Furman Monday at 5 p.m. That's going to be an ESPNU game. That's going to televised for the SOCOM. And so, Furman, we're going to find a lot about, about this Furman team in, in the next week, man. You know, with, with the matchup you know, on, on, on Saturday um, with Wolford and their matchup on Monday with UNCG. Both of those games are at home. So, you know, if you can get two wins there, get to seven and two in the SOCON, I think that would definitely send the message. Um, Wofford's currently in first place, and UNCG is obviously, you know, also in first place. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to find a lot about this Furman team this, this weekend. Um, so I, I'm definitely intrigued to watch those games. Definitely make sure you guys watch Saturday at 6, Wofford at Furman, and Monday, 5 p.m., UNCG at Furman. Now, for sure, man, for sure, man. We're also going to have a couple big-time matchups in the American East and in the NEC between two teams at, at the top um, of those respective leagues. Um, we're going to have UMBC at Stony Brook, man. Um, you know, this this is, you know, a team, obviously, I mentioned, you know, Vermont title first, man, but Stony Brook right now is, is in second. You know, so UMBC and Stony Brook is going to be a matchup, you know, of two teams, uh, the top two teams right now in the American East. Um, UMBC is going to be going to Stony Brook. You know, we saw them play to a split on the road at NJIT. Now they're going to go to Stony Brook. So, I mean, now a big-time road test, you know, for UMBC, man. Um, we'll, we'll see what they're able to do there. Um, we're also going to have Brian and Mount St. Mary's. Brian is going to be returning home. Um, obviously, after getting swept by Philly Dickinson, man. So um, we're going to have to see how Brian's going to rebound you know, after taking those two losses to FDU. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if if they can get if they can get two um, at home to kind of get them back solidified at the top of the NEC, you know. But if not, then like you said, man, it's going to be a race, um, obviously between them and uh, LIU and a couple other teams as well um, at the top of that league. Not for sure, man. An interesting nugget actually on Bryant. They're they're in America in adjusted tempo. They average seventy six point two possessions per forty minutes. So I mean. Jared Gross was over there running and gunning. You know, it's extremely high-powered offensive team, man. Um, extremely hard to guard, man, because they get up shots in a hurry. Um, so, I mean, I, I think they'll figure it out, man. Obviously, they were, able, they were able to get out to a great start to the season. You know, you're going to have your lumps of conference play, man, but definitely going to be looking forward to that matchup this weekend um, for, for Bryant, man. Um, now going to the Mountain West, um, Boise State is going to travel to Nevada Friday and Sunday um, for a two-game two uh, slate. Um Obviously, we know Boise State, Utah State, Colorado State, and San Diego State are the class of the Mountain West right now. But Nevada is quietly in fifth place um, right now in the Mountain West. And obviously, they're going to be on the road is, is um, Boise State. They're going to be on the road at Nevada. It's always tough to win, you know, on, on the road. So it's going interesting to be interesting to see, you know, what happens with that matchup, man. So definitely Friday and Sunday, make sure you guys are tuned in. Um, Boise State traveling to Nevada out of the Mountain West. Yeah, man. Nevada's definitely going to be a um, 
that's definitely going to be a, a, a sneaky, sneaky game. Man, obviously we know, um, you know, they're they're talented program. Obviously, you know, a, a different group of guys, but you know, they were in the Sweet 16 not too long ago, man. So um, definitely got to respect those guys over there. And, you know, they have um, a new regime over there. You know, um, Coach Offer is over there running the show. So you know, they're they're, they're going to be no no slouch, man. No no slouch for sure. Now, definitely, man. I mean, the Mountain West is, 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 is a fun conference, man. So, I'm definitely intrigued, man. Nebraska, uh, Nevada is currently sitting at seven and five um, in the Mountain West, man. So, in the San Diego State seven and three, Colorado State nine and three, Utah State ten and two, Boise State ten and one. So, you know, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens down the stretch. But I mean, I, I think Boise State needs to get, you know, both of these wins. Um, quite frankly, I mean, you you, you never want to lose um, to to you know in conference in conference play, but. Um, obviously, they're right now in first place at first place at ten and one. So huge weekend for them, man. Nonetheless, some great, great basketball going to be being played this weekend, man. Make sure you guys tune in. Obviously, we know it's Super Bowl weekend, man. You know, so now you guys, I guys are going to be watching the Super Bowl, man. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, Drew, man. Even though I think I already know the answer to this, who who's your pick this, this this Sunday in the Super Bowl, man? Man, I'm going the Tom Brady Buccaneers. Um, my oh, or actually, you know, let's just do a little, you know, phonetic play. The, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are gonna defeat the Chiefs this weekend. Brady's gonna get his seventh Super Bowl um, title this weekend, man. Um, he's gonna, he's already the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's really gonna solidify himself um, as the greatest of all time. And Mahomes will never be able to catch him after he defeats him in the Super Bowl this weekend. Yeah, uh, you're gonna be very disappointed. Um, with Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, the boys are they're, they're simply unstoppable. I mean, I, I know you, I know you remember, you know that that game they played against team. Tyreek Hill, two hundred and three receiving yards, two touchdowns in the first quarter. He got enough. He got enough foul line. Was telling him to help for them, for them Tampa Bay defensive backs. Man, I mean, they're trying to play press man on Tyreek Hill. I mean. Come on, bro. You can't you can't guard Tyreek Hill. You can't guard Travis Kelsey. And we know. I'm a, another interesting stat for you. Pat Mahomes has a higher QBR. Everybody's talking about, oh, this, this Tampa Bay front seven. They're going to be able to get pressure on one another without blitzing. Blah, 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 blah. Patrick Mahomes, under pressure, has a higher QBR than any other QB in the league without being pressured. Like, regular QBR, it, it, it's Mahomes, Mahomes being pressured, and then everyone else. I mean, it, it's almost criminal how good this dude is. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's going to prove it on Sunday. He's going to beat Brady, and he's going to win his second ring in as many years, and he's going to cement his place as the GOAT. You heard it here first. Mahomes, greatest quarterback of all time. Um, Mahomes has a long, 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 long way to go um, before he's the GOAT. Long way to go. He has a lot of rings, you know, to kind of catch up, you know. But um, I don't know, man. You know, the, the, the Chiefs are going to be without some critical pieces on that O-line. Obviously, we know Eric Fisher tore his Achilles um, last week, man. And Tampa Bay's front is no slouch, man. Jason Pierre-Paul, Dominic Sue, they got Devin White, obviously one of the best linebackers in the league, man. I mean, if you don't got your O-line, man, you're going to be able to get to the quarterback. And they don't have to blitz. They, they don't have to blitz. Now, Tampa Bay is one of the best teams in the league at rushing four. And now, like no. you mentioned, you mentioned, I, you mentioned, I said, you mentioned I said, I said it while pressured. I didn't say I said it while pressured. They're not gonna pressure. It's gonna be getting to the quarterback is pressure. No, no. You're you're talking about blitzing. Yeah, that's fine. I'm saying they can send whoever they want, but Patrick Mahomes under pressure, not blitz under pressure. Patrick Mahomes has the best QBR in the NFL. 
Maybe, maybe true. Maybe true. It don't like, matter. They, Tampa Bay's gonna be able to get guys in coverage, you know, and, and, and hopefully get get by zone guys like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and not not blitz, not go load the box up. They're gonna send four guys, and they're gonna be able to get. I think they're gonna be able to get to Mahomes, man, in the backfield, man. Like I said, guys like Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul is, is playing out of his mind, you know, right now. So I think they're gonna be able to um, get pressure to Mahomes and, and, and get him on the ground, man. I think if they can get him on the ground and get them off of the field, they'll have a chance. And send four, cover four, Mahomes, by four. 27, 23, Chiefs. Calling here, you heard it here first. But that's gonna do it here first. You heard our Super Bowl picks. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Auto Bed, man. Make sure you guys are getting ready for March Madness. Stay tuned with us, man. We are the only mid-major podcast coming to you on a weekly basis in the country. So make sure you guys are tuned in to all of our content, man. Like, give us a rating. Share and engage with us on social media, man. You know what I'm saying? If you watch this podcast, leave, leave us some comments on social media, man. You know, we love to start a conversation with you guys. Tell a friend and tell a friend about the auto bid, man. Make sure you guys are, you know, engaging with our content. Follow us on social media at All Facts Media on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and as always, man, we're going to let our guy pull up Tay, take us out with some tools, baby. So until next week. You beating on me? It's time to get a check, boy. On the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talk about? Take your best shot. I'ma take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.